Hello and welcome to the Soccer Speakeasy. Today is the 27th of February, 2020. It's just after 10 in the morning as we begin recording. We have the full complement here with Patrick Flaherty at the dials there, the podfather. To my left is Kyle Robertson, and to my right, our fine group beat writer, Jacob Myers. I'm Mike A. Rayson. Thanks for joining us during this they call it black and gold week, I guess. I like Christmas week better. But how about just the week leading up to the season opener? That's <laughs> a little wordy, but it'll certainly do. Probably an acronym you can make. We'll have the people will start working on that immediately. I imagine, <laughs> Jacob. Let's just go take us through the end of training camp and uh, how we set up for Sunday, or how the team sets up for Sunday when the crew has their home opener and season opener at the Mafre Stadium at 12.30 p.m. Well, we could just start with Tim Bezbachenko's kind of opening quote on Media Day. He said their goal is to win MLS Cup, and they feel like they have a team to do that. So I guess we'll hold them to that standard. They finished preseason unbeaten, looked very, very good in their final friendly, kind of final tune-up against Houston Dynamo, scored four goals in the first, I don't know, 30 minutes or so. So yeah, I think things are shaping up well. They have two teams off the bat that are playing in CONCACAF Champions League now. And last night, New York City FC advanced and they played pretty much their entire starting lineup except for two guys. So they could rotate that first game. But I mean, they're all healthy. I think fans are rightfully excited for the season and all the offseason acquisitions they made and things we've talked about for weeks. Um, just get underway here. All right, just quickly set the lineup. I mean, we've done it before, but yeah. it's pretty clear what the starting eleven is going to look like. Yeah, although there's one change because they made in the preseason. I think they'll start with Yunus Mokhtar on the left and move Santos to the right, but that can change throughout the year with Santos on the left and Diaz on the right. From the back, Aloy Room, goalkeeper, left to right, Milton Valenzuela. Is he a go for sure? Yeah, he's okay. he looks good. He's been training the whole time play, are they going to play hold out um any is there any restrictions or kind of like play as a go you know no of, i, just, I don't think good so to go. yeah he's right. played two 90 minute games Kyle, in preseason why don't you just let him finish? he was he rolling he, he's These excited are, if people have questions yeah i am i like milton i mean he's a great talent i think having him back is an understatement how big that really is so milton valenzuela vito warmhor Jonathan Mensa, Harrison Offal in the middle. You'll have Darlington Nagby as the six. Artur is the eight. And then left to right to start the season, I think you'll see Eunice Mokhtar, Lucas Elorayon, Pedro Santos, and Jossie Zardes up top. And Diaz so, he out then? No, he's or, healthy. I think he just, will probably just come off the bench based on the preseason, the last preseason lineup there. And they have been busy this week. There was an event at the North Market on Monday and kind of crew night at the Blue Jackets game. Youth clinics Tuesday and Wednesday. They tossed in a media day there at the last minute. Thursday, today, they're doing something at Ohio State. They're doing something at COSI tomorrow. Saturday is Christmas Eve. It's a big fan thing. And if you follow Kyle, well, there's plenty of bars <laughs> out there um, that are quote-unquote soccer bars where there'll be gatherings of fans. Places like Hendox and, and Elevator, and not Elevator, but uh, Endeavor. Try Elevator might be there too. Any number of places where fans will be gathering to uh, Four Street. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. For and sure. if any of you guys at those local establishments are listening, feel free to call us to sponsor this program. That is what they have termed what they term Black and Gold Week. I think LAFC has a similar thing. They're calling themselves the Black and Gold as well, which is interesting. They have more of a gold. 
to be honest. Well, yeah. you know, but still, just to use the term black and gold, I mean, it just if one, if one were of a conspiratorial bent, you could think of all kinds of things about when they took those colors, what it meant for the possible uh, relocation of this team at that time. And, about uh, Nashville. <laughs> uh, yeah, Nashville took gold uniforms. So, yeah, there was a green light from the league to go ahead and pillage this team's traditions. Of course, the crew did announce that they were keeping all their colors and, and name and such after a little bit of a flare up there. But that's old news. The ESPN power rankings, just to gloss over a few things, I was curious as to how they look from outside the Columbus bubble. I'll have a story on that in tomorrow's paper. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Dispatch.com. Talk to Alejandro Moreno, JP Della Camera. Yeah, some interesting stuff. Excellent. Both of whom, well, Alejandro's been on this program before. He predicted the crew are going to win the East. Wow. Wow. So look for that at Dispatch.com. Jacob's on it. I just took a quick eyeball surf of the web. Can you eyeball surf? I guess it's possible. That's how you surf the web, yeah. right? ESPN Power Rankings have um, <laughs> Seattle, LA, FC, and Atlanta United, 1, 2, 3. The crew, 8. 538 has the crew in the bottom half with a 50% probability of making the playoffs and a 2% chance of winning the cup. The hell, Nate Silver. And uh, MLS.com, the bold predictions. They like this team, calling it one of the biggest improvers. Not their terms, but... We'll make the biggest jump in points this year with, with Kansas City was their prediction. They also predicted that Giassi's artist would be the top domestic goal scorer. Soccer.com has for contenders LAFC, Seattle, and Atlanta like most people do. And I want to throw it back to you, Jacob. The general manager was talking about a cop. Did he say shield? Because <laughs> that, that's been trademarked uh, by this program, I believe. He did not say shield. If he does, should I send the bill? Yes. Well, should we call him? We can't call him the shield, right? What were their feelings? I mean, that's always in a bullion time. The pre- everything's great. Everyone's zero and zero, and the sky's the limit. But just describe who you talk to. We've seen the stories that have been running and will continue to run through Sunday. What is the bent of the team as they head toward this weekend? Yeah, I think I'll use a quote that you had at Blue Jackets Media Day this year. Nick Foligno was talking, and you said they have upside. That's pretty much the you know going around the whole team is they feel like they have a team to compete at the top of the East. Now, we've gone through, and as you've gone through, Mike, those predictions that national media have of them, they're ranked anywhere from like one to eight. I think that just speaks to the uncertainty around the team, but also expectations that it should be a playoff team. I think just about everyone could see them contend for home field. How high is their ceiling, actually? You know, look at just adding Nagby and Zellerayon, I think they have a right to be confident in getting Melton Valenzuela back. So, yeah, I think they're head over heels, I guess, for how they feel right now, and especially the preseason they had. Well, when, when you do a deal like the Nagby deal, which was expensive, and when you do Zellerayon, you kind of catch the eye of the league. That was uh, the crew's most expensive acquisition in, in team history. And as these pundits sit down to think about how to rank these teams preseason, which is a, a dicey right. enterprise to begin with, they see those ripples from Columbus, and, and uh, Columbus gets to be a chic pick. And it's almost like they dare themselves, these prognosticators, right. to see how high they can put up, you know, uh, so they might look good at the end of the season. I participated in uh, USA Today's little preseason predictions. Did you have them winning the Shield? I No, I did not rank <laughs> where they would finish. I put them in the playoffs. Um, Our boys all grown up now, Kyle. <laughs> learn, learn my lesson. 
<laughs> Wasn't like week four you brought out the shield, or was it five? Or we have to find that right from last year. Oh. I think it was after six games. Six games yeah. when they were like four. Was it four one one or four? It was early. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it, was early. it was early. Another bit of news dropped yesterday: Federico Higuain, with whom the team cut ties at the end of the season, and a player that arguably the best in the history of this franchise here in Columbus, who uh, blew his knee out in May. Wait, you say he's the best? Arguably, I said. Does he have an MVP, league MVP? He's the only 50-goal, 50-assist player in, in the history of this club. He also is the all-time leading assist man with, I think it's 62. And he can't get in the ring of honor unless they change the rules, which I believe was a pre-court thing, as someone told me. Well, they did adjust the rule. They did adjust the rules for something. Have they adjusted the rules yet? They're they going, will. Yeah. Yeah. In any case. Sorry, I'll take a title. In, in any MVP. case, Higuain, um, who had ACL surgery at the end of May or early June um, and has was rehabbing everything, wanted to come back for one more season here because he's settled here and uh, likes it in Columbus, but could not reach any kind of agreement with the team. The team was explicit that uh, the reason they weren't signing him was uh, to play was because of his age, because of uh, coming off knee surgery, and because the style that they were implementing under the new coach, Caleb Porter, would be more suitable probably to another attacking midfielder. And they went out and got an attacking midfielder and purportedly a, a very good one for this system in Zellerion. In any case, the news yesterday was that Higuain had, has signed, I don't know how long the contract is, but he signed with a DC United, the oldest rival in the crew has. <laughs> Go back and look at 97, 98, 99. He signed with DC United for $100,000 reportedly, which is a drop in the bucket compared to the 1.1 he was making last year. And he will be a backup 10 and an assistant coach. And I think there's coach money there too, right? I don't know. I just saw I yeah. saw a figure of $100,000, but we'll take that into account. At any rate, he has found a team where he can play. And I'm writing a column about that because, uh, of course, when you hear news like that, you wonder, geez, they didn't have $100,000 to put him on the bench here. It's, it's interesting. Now, that mm. said, they... They were clear that Higuain's always welcome back here in, in some other capacity other than as a player, either as a, on a coaching staff in the academy or in the front office in some capacity. Anyway, kind of startling news if you're an old-time crew fan, given that uh, given the player involved and, and the team involved. Now, do you guys want to add anything to that? I'm writing a column. I think fans will be you know upset, but at the same time, it's, it's not like they didn't re- replace him with someone who you can arguably say is is better and costs more. I mean, it wasn't like they just said, "Hey, out the door," and then they, you know they you know they didn't spend money to bring somebody in. So I think you know if they had money on the table, you know, and it was a very lucrative deal to bring them over, you know, you know I I, I don't you know I think fans would probably be you know upset, but at the same time, it's not like I mean I thought that I think they get the better end of the of the deal. So here's the <laughs> here are the questions yeah. associated, right? Is what were the club and what were Iguain's priorities in October or before then right. when they started talking about this? I'm doing a story for Sunday on uh, Zellerion should be a centerpiece, um, and I talked to Tim Bezbachenko about it, and I had asked when did Zellerion become the target, and he mentioned that the peep injury changed a lot of mm-hmm. things. At some point, of course, they were going to replace him but he said things were trending in a positive direction like this was just a off the cuff comment that he said about I took it as re-signing Higuain for another right. year or whatever 
it, it might have been as a diminished role, lesser salary, I would assume. But how? What was the price they were discussing when they said, "Okay, you know, we're just going to move on"? Um, was it a player coach opportunity? I mean, I think you could see both ways how Porter would want or wouldn't want Pipa as a player coach. So I, I'm just curious how Pipa's priorities shifted over time and when he decided, you know, maybe I just need to accept uh, th- that this right. is what the role I'll have. Probably no other offers were out there or they weren't as large as maybe he thought. Right. And to your point, Mike, 100K, like who yeah. who wouldn't pony up 100K to have I, this guy who's a th- proven player right. and I think he still has plenty in him for another season. Right, right. I just go back to the October uh, end of season in Obets when the GM was there and the coach was there. and They were very clear that this was a soccer decision they made that after much discussion and argument that they decided that they were going to move on from Federico Higuain and they were explicit about the reason. As a player. Yeah. And number one was he's going to be 35 years now and he's coming off a major knee injury. And then um, they threw in also the style of play they were playing. He's he played a certain style under Burhalter. That style changed quickly with the, when when the injuries hit last year, and uh, it was pretty much Alex Cronali's fault as far as. Uh, <laughs> in any case, of course, it wasn't Alex Cronali's fault. So there you go. I'll have a column that'll run in Friday's editions. Let's move on here. We have questions. Oh we no, should... we got other news too. Oh, right? the uh, performance. Yeah, the, the training facility is announced yeah. as a Ohio Health Performance Center. During media day, they call it a state-of-the-art training facility. And Bezbachenko, Pat on said, uh, Steve Lyons all talked about player recruitment being uh, a focus in their design and, and just having a destination that people will want to come to every day. And I mean, it's better than I, yeah. kind of the hole in the wall. Yeah. I think this is, I think is I think is the the biggest. Um, you know, news this year. I mean, I think it's bigger than the stadium. I think it's bigger than. Well, just wait you know. for later today when well, they announce a jersey sponsor. <laughs> no, but no, but I just think that you know the train center is somewhere you go every single day. You know, the stadium will be nice. You know, you're there what probably twenty times a year. But you know, this is going to help the academy. This is going to help the players. You know, you have this awesome state of the art facility that you can show off to people and bring people in and say, hey, you know, this is state of the art. This is you know, better than A, B, and C, and D. And, like, look, you know, if you want to come here, this is going to be great. You know, this is, I think, what we've talked about lots of times. I mean, how many years ago were we, or were we, were the owner and the players were talking about jacuzzis going halfies in, in a whirlpool? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was the hunts, yeah. You know, and, and yeah. you mentioned that, and it, it, it occurs to me again in, in discussing the, the PIPA stuff is part of, I think, one of the reasons that, fan, and I have a problem with it, uh, some some problem with it is it just has such a Mark McCullers feel about it, you know? I remember when they cut ties with Scalotto and it, it was just toned out. It was just wrong. You don't take players of that caliber. And That said, we don't know all the discussions and uh, we probably won't know all, all the discussions or everything that went in with that. All we can talk about is what they're on record with and what they're on record with was they were parting ways with the player because of his age, his knee injury, and the style of play that they were implementing. So, more on the training facility. Yeah, that's what we were talking about. (laughs) No, it's good. I I like these sidebar discussions. They're a staple of the program. If you're going to be our striker, you got to be okay with it. So construction's going to begin in in June of this year. Who's who's running this team now, Kyle? My God, you weren't even supposed to be here today. (laughs) I wasn't late today. Can I point that out? I was early. So please continue. Yeah, Kyle's point is is well taken. That training facility 
for the reasons he described yeah. for the crew are are critical in, in the growth of the franchise here on. I mean, just look at it. But, to, but Cincinnati also, opened a brand new one. Yeah. You've got to compete with your rivals, right? Well, well no, hell, freaking but, high schools. High school, but, you know, up in Cleveland have better training facilities than the crew. But that's what I was getting yeah. to as well. This is going to be well used purportedly. Yes, absolutely. Construction is going to start in June. It's going to be on the west side, which there's not a there's some parking now, I believe. So it, I, I'm curious how it affects parking on game days. But I mean, there's so much space there. Stank Lake is going to get is going to get covered. You think? I think so. That, that's the way it looks to me. In the schematics. There. That's sad. They're scheduled to open it June 2021, so the month before the new stadium. I think that's obviously done purposefully, and they've showed this off to Zellerayon, Nagby, and. Other players they're trying to coax to come here as a selling point for the future of the organization. So um, that, the interesting thing is they don't have the land yet to build this facility. They're still negotiating with the panel that controls the fairgrounds there. And it's not Brian Ellis, is it? No, it, it's that, that it's not kidding. NRI. It's just kidding. Yeah, no. What I was asking you, Jacob, is it's not just a crew facility, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll because, read off some details. I mean, from the yeah. start, that's what they were selling to get the kick-ins from the county and the city and the state. Yes, but not speci- more the sports park. I, I think the training facility itself is funded right. by the club. It's a number of fields, including a, a reconditioned stadium. Yeah, I'll just read some of these things off here. Please do. It's from the team site. There'll be two natural grass fields uh, for the first team for the club, another grass field and artificial turf field for the academy. There's also what they describe as a seasonal bubble over the stadium field. I don't... When I had asked... Because to me, that sounds like Mafre, but I think it's... No, it's like the Bo Jacksons. Have you ever seen the Bo Jackson kind of bubble, I would think? I, I know yeah, what it is. Yeah. I was thinking it going over the oh, stadium gotcha. field like Mafre, yeah. but I think it means the primary practice field. Can they get a driving range in there? That would be nice, right? Mm-hmm. Would you like... For the community? Yeah. Like a top golf? Oh, yeah, top golf. For the community, you know? Like the old bubble on the east side. But yeah, there's room for the academy, which they've struggled to get fields for years. And there's also listed here one USL locker room. And as I had reported earlier, they're looking to have a USL team starting in 2021. And they're putting that into the training facility here. And there's going to be, I mean, still on a drawing board. But again, the utilization of the soccer part of this facility has ripples, does it not? I mean, it's supposed to be expansive. Yeah, I think. With the entire sports park, they want to bring in, you know, tournaments, use soccer tournaments, uh, make it available to the community there. But the training facility itself, I think it, as Bezbachenko described it, they wanted a world-class facility second to none. Certainly looks that way. And they've, you know, they've spent their money to make these schematics, partnering with legends and, and other entities. So, you know, looking at this, I think it looks promising and a hell of a lot better than their current conditions. Well, okay. Kyle, you ready for the question? We're ready to rock and roll. It's, Do we want to give a prediction for Sunday? Go right ahead, boys. You're the expert. Jacob Myers, crew beat writer. No, I don't want to. Kyle can. I'll say crew seven. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm going three one crew. There you have it. I'll go with Kyle on that. Right. Jacob is mute. I'll go one zero crew. That's Ooh, fine. Wow. Yeah. There we go. But they're gonna press and counter. Wait till you see the way press, New- counter, and attack. New York plays too. Whew. I watched them last night in Champions League. They are all over the ball. It could be a high scoring game. Yeah. One is probably pretty low. All right. Speaking about games, the that's first was, one. That's what I was saying. Um, Mr. Keith Noss wants uh, everyone uh, or wants to know how what's everyone's game day routine. So I think this is kind of an interesting question. 
Yeah, no, folks. I think so too. Do you have one, Mike? Oh, I'm, I don't matter. <laughs> I was up five minutes about for the, the game. <laughs> <laughs> he's talking about the players. No, right? for us. Uh, no, yeah. no one cares about that. <laughs> Seriously, I'll, I'll offer yeah. mine. Yep. So we'll say it's a seven thirty game on a Saturday. It gets to be about I'd say five o'clock when I leave. I'm about take me twenty minutes to get to the stadium. But sometimes I think about going earlier because my anxiety sets in over two hours before. See, no there. one cares yeah. about this. Your anxiety before a game. Mike, these people are asking yeah. the questions. You're I'm just answering it for no, them. Let's skip that. Keith Nash, you can do better than that. Come on, man. I tried to get there two hours before the game. How's that? Yeah, yeah that's fine. Do they let you in two hours before they usually? Exactly two hours. Yeah, that's not right. Man. I try to get in there. I, I just go out in a lot. Kyle? All right. Uh, we've already kind of talked about this, but somebody would like to know, was Eagleine ever considered as a player coach in Columbus? Or like, do you think that was maybe on the table at all? So or? I talked to... The way I read this, yeah. Jacob, is this is my read after combing through everything that was said about this to sure. this point. My read on it is, given their very direct statements, is that people wanted to play another year here and they didn't want him to play another year here. Or they discussed or, this at length okay. and decided that no. Was there a door open for him right. to serve in some front office right. or academy or coaching capacity? Yes. Well, then we have another question that says, would the crew have signed him for the $100,000? Or was there a more, you know, at that price, do you think the crew would have brought him back? They'll you know? never say. Yeah. All I can say is, and I don't know what their negotiations were like, but they were clear that it was a club decision to not bring him back as a player. Gotcha. They were very clear on that. I think you're right with the phrase, some type of role in the front office. I don't know if they ever specifically described to him what. It was kind of left up to Iguain, leaving open the option for a coach, potentially. But as far as a player and a player coach... Mike already talked about that. It didn't seem like they wanted him back as a player. It's a brilliant move by D.C., not just for the price, but with Rooney gone, you know, they needed a veteran like that. And I read in one of the pieces I read, it said that he being bilingual will be a big help in itself in that specific situation because they really don't have that bridge. All right, this is a good question. Speaking about the three academy players, where are they on the depth chart? And then also with the two uh, newest ones, will there be a move at center midfield or is Porter okay um, with the two? Well, I, I wrote about this when they acquired or when they had traded nice. Trap yeah. that I think for right now, they want to see what they have in Burhalter and Morris. Burhalter played pretty well in preseason. So, you know, you can do that for a few months and if you need options you just need a depth at defensive midfielder get a cheap option like a player that costs a hundred thousand dollars then go out and get one in the transfer window what'd you say there player costs a hundred thousand dollars okay Okay. (laughs) and bubakata being the other uh, i think he's battling for that third center back spot i don't see mensa or wormhor being overtaken for a starting job this team is has a two deep though doesn't it they are that's one thing they're touting absolutely and i mean they said it all last year and you know we criticize them you more than i did i, I should have been more critical they they had a team that made the playoffs they said that they weren't deep enough injuries certainly affected that but now i think you look and it's a pretty deep team which makes me right. you know think about when they do have to rotate they would an open cup type of thing they would maybe be a level up on some other teams that have to rotate. All right, next, um, can we expect a jersey sponsor announcement soon? Predictions, do the Nationwide can't be a sponsor due to Moffrey rumor carry any weight? That's a very interesting question, Jacob, given what you're about to sit down and write. Yeah, there should be, there'll be a jersey sponsor 
today at some point. It could be before or after this podcast comes out. I have suspicion that it's going to be Nationwide Children's. So we'll leave it at that. That's not an insurance company. That would be a hospital. The hospital, yes. Which then I have questions of, like, is it a deal with Nationwide? And then they give the rights, the naming rights to Nationwide Children's because they do that with the Columbus Marathon. So we'll see. But yes, that's from what I understand from multiple people with direct knowledge of this. There are some more details I'm still trying to figure out, but it seems like Nationwide Children's is the jersey sponsor. All right. And then is there any time split between Mokhtar, Diaz, and is it Etienne? Etienne. Etienne. Yeah, Etienne will be Etienne off the bench. Junior. Etienne. Play Junior. for the Red Bulls. Yeah. Did you know that, Kyle? No. That's okay. Yeah. Don't put him on the spot like that. <laughs> He's our striker. Yeah. He's got to be ready for anything that comes at him. Oh, man. Jeez. Okay, Caleb. What else you got? <laughs> um, well, we just can't yeah. head the ball backward across <laughs> yeah. the hole. <laughs> I All think right. Mokhtar yeah. and Diaz will start quite often. I would assume Diaz would start more, but... Etienne and Diaz were, are great options off the bench because they can stretch the defense, get in behind there. All right, and then uh, we got another question. What do you think the ownership deems a successful 2020 season where no coaching change is required in the offseason? Coaching change. Well, so yeah. this is you know, an interesting question because... Well, we have the Haslam's here. They could yeah. change coaches after Monday, mm, yeah. after Sunday. That's a fair point. Is this assuming no blow up in the yeah. locker room and should we say that because yeah. I think say that happens I think that totally changes expectations that we have now in terms of if there are coaching changes or front office changes I think they're going to be more patient than the fans will be patient this season because there are so high expectations but you have that stadium opening next yeah. year do they really want a coaching change to stability is yeah. key here I yeah. mean look yeah. what happened down in Cincinnati Absolutely. Continuity and yep. stability. I mean, look, they like their coach. They like their GM. They like their new stadium. They being the Haslam's. And- uh, yeah, just gen- yeah, sure. I think. Well, they hire both. Yeah. I think that, uh, yes, indeed. Yeah, I think. And you'd love to point that out. I, yeah. I think I think that speculating on a coaching change here on February 27th is, is a fool's errand. Let's say this. They should make the playoff. Yeah. Anything less would, I would consider a failure for this right. season. I think Porter's being judged from now. I think last season's kind of uh, a wash and kind of a start over. And He's got you know, his, this is his team. Got this his is, guys. Yeah. Yep. This is that's you know, the topic. Where, of, uh, yep. That's the topic of my story tomorrow. Yep. Well, there we go. They spent monies. All right. Um, the game changes then. I think A Race might be able to answer this one. Oh no. He looks like a guy who bets has a bookie. <laughs> it says crew ninety six at odds of plus four thousand to win the MLS Cup. A good bet. Also, they are plus. 350 for best of the Midwest at Hollywood Casino in Indiana. Kyle, I'm going to answer that by saying yes, with the caveat that you should at least put down at least $100,000 on that. <laughs> at least 100000 to a half million. And that's, you know, I'm and not sign a DP. I'm not I'm not culpable for I'm not responsible. I'm just I don't know. Or they could put that money toward a dispatch subscription. There you go. Oh, they could buy the paper for that. <laughs> So plus plus four thousand. Would, you, would I, you do it? I have. Would you throw down fifty bucks or a hundred bucks? What the heck? Yeah, uh, yeah, sure. Fifty or as a long as a long shot bet. Yeah. I think it's pretty solid. All right, and then the uh, shield. Yeah, the shield. <laughs> if the crew, Look, you, you would place money right on a horse that yeah. I don't know has like eighth best odds or something just to like yeah. try to get a good shield. deal. Yep. <laughs> I'm not saying they're going to win the MLS Cup. All right, if the crew, the pre- <laughs> if the crew preseason was a food, what would it be? Oh, who sent that? <laughs> Let's go with Car- Morgan. No. Let's go with carne asada. I had a lot of that in Tucson. There we go. I think that's a good one. 
Why is that a good one? Because I had a lot of it in Tucson <laughs> during preseason. Let's get Patrick in on this one. Patrick Flaherty. He just had Lent yesterday. Yeah. If the crew was a food, what kind of food would it be? What's a food that no one pays attention to or that someone tries to uh, block out fans outside of Columbus from watching? Ooh. Wow. He's jumping ugly this morning. How much coffee did you have? Just one cup. Patrick, you got no idea, do you? Yeah. He's got nothing. Yeah. No, that'd be a beignet. Why a beignet? With lots of powdered sugar? Yeah. A moderate amount of powdered sugar. Yeah. yeah. Because they're good and they're sweet, but you can't eat too many because then you get sick. Wow. Outstanding. Wow. <laughs> well, Kyle, give him a raise. Why isn't is he the host of this show? <laughs> That's a good well, question. Yeah, we'll end on that. Because <laughs> I can't engineer. Let me toss out this question to yeah. you guys and then wrap it up. Just in terms of your expectations for certain players, goals, assist-wise, we'll start with Jossie Zardes and, and Zella Rayon. Where, where should they be if this team is, say, going to be in the middle, maybe contending toward the top of the East like they expect they will? Zardes is yeah. going to score 20. Yeah, that's what I think. I think so that would be a career of, high. Yeah, upwards of 20. Who I it, can't predict Zella Rayon yeah. Yeah. because I've never seen him before. I haven't seen him in this system. But, you know, this is the guy they signed to produce, so one would surmise he's going to produce. Kyle has a number for us. Let's go with uh, let's go with 10 and 10. 10 goals and, and upwards of 10-plus 10, 10 assists. Uh, he hasn't had a whole lot of assist numbers and career highs, but I think with Zardes up top and his options on the wing, I think he has some skill to kind of play with and kind of see how it's how It's good to be the number 10 on this team. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for, yeah. for Zardes, having... Harrison Awful, yeah. Milton Valenzuela, yeah. healthy for a whole year. Cadden looks. Right. I was pretty impressed with Chris Cadden in preseason. I think that'll be well. I'm, big I'm, for I'm them. here to see what happens to Santos and how he kind of changes his game a little bit. You know, last year he was kind of all put, the story yeah. for Saturday on him. Jeez, there we go. Just but tra- anyway, yeah, the stuff out. Yeah, I'll be curious to see kind of how his switch, kind of his play. Yeah, absolutely. Now I looked this up because I had written about it earlier with Zellerayon. Federico Iguain was newcomer of the year in 2012. He joined middle of that year. His first full season, you said 10 goals, 10 assists yeah, for Zell Rayon. Yeah, right. Yeah. That would put him same number of goals that he was in for as Iguain in his first full year. 29 games, 11 goals, 9 assists. Wow. I think if the crew are going to be successful, Zell Rayon has to be a contender if not win newcomer of the year. But he hasn't had a he hasn't had a career or a season where he has had more than 10 assists, has he? I believe you're correct. Also, he's played on T-Grace that right. has a lot of players and right. playing in front of him. He also had a rep for clutch scoring, did right. he not? I believe so, yeah. But I think both would be a career high. If I'm, I could be wrong. But I, I expect him to get career highs this yeah. year. We'll say that. I think he has to. And then yeah. Santos, is a, just expect right. a happy medium between the first couple of years and last year. Is that... Well, there was no... He was pretty... He had some... He had 11 yeah. goals last year. Yeah. What do you say? Like, well, that's not. I think. I think he he, he got a lot better. I mean, he, he was disappointing, yeah, and yeah. then he was sneaky good. Yeah. So sneaky good would be preferable. Right. I think much more assists probably for right. Santos this year. Try to cross those right. in with his left. He had eleven goals, six assists last year. I say he probably does less than that. If you get yeah. somewhere between you know eight and eight, right. that's that's a real good mark. Are we out of questions, Kyle? I think so. Someone asked you if you uh, smelled like deli meats. Sure. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> it was Italian meats. Uh, Smell like Italian meats. I probably do. I made meatballs yesterday. There we go. There we go. <laughs> we'll just end there. They were excellent, by the way. End on a food question. But that's it for the soccer speakeasy this week. Happy Christmas week. Happy Christmas Eve upcoming. It's a great day remember, for Columbus sports. Remember, it's 1230 start, so 
don't over eve the eve um not go ahead once a year it's, it's a great week for the fans uh, i'm always happy to see them out and about on friday night and uh in the lots on uh or this week it's saturday night and out in the lots on on sunday morning kyle don't you have something to tease about Sunday? Didn't you find a few people you're going around? Yes, we have in the paper on Sunday, uh, Allison Ward story, we have a group of friends that um, are going to all three games, the crew game, then the Ohio State Buckeye game, and then the CBJ game. So it's pretty cool. Look forward to that. It's a great Columbus, city. Columbus trifecta. It's a great city. And I'll have a profile on uh, Lucas L. Rayon for, for Sunday, so make sure to look out for that. I've got a piece going on Higuain. Someone wanted to know real quick, what type of product does he use for his hair? Yeah, that's a great uh, question. Uh, his, who, his hair. Higuain? No. <laughs> Do you use product, Mike? I don't. Tell Rayon that I wonder. It's, it's very luscious. He uses luscious, folks, and let's get out of here on that note. Patrick, kick us out of here. <laughs>